This is a news laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of News Laundry Hafta. I'm Abhinandan Sekri. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Today uh, we don't have a guest joining us. Uh, we had one scheduled but he is not well at all. So we just have our usual suspects, the in-house gang. There's Madhu. Hi Madhu. Hello. Manisha. Hello. Arunab. Hello. And our in-house scientist, uh, consulting editor uh, Anand is not in town so he won't be joining us it's just the four of us uh, before we start to bore you with our views uh, i'd like to plug when the public pays the public is served and when corporations pay corporations are served check out www.newslaundry.com click on i pay to keep news free subscribe and support independent media if you don't like us support someone else but definitely support independent media that's the only way we can change how news is uh, um, is is either manufactured or not manufactured for you also we'd like to plug our other podcast it is called global summits where are we going it's in collaboration with birad swain in this podcast series we cut through the jargon and break down development summits for you with experts and commentators from around the world in fact our latest episode episode 6 is a curtain raiser uh, to the upcoming climate summit cop21 at paris you can find the link below and there's an extremely important summit and you'll get some great gyan about it on that podcast Also, we'd like to thank Karthik Jawan, the producer of this podcast. Thank you, Karthik. Uh, so let's get straight into it. Anyone has any uh, pet peeve you want to discuss, or should we just go with the Bihar election, Tipu Sultan, and the rest, Bihar, Punjab, and all that? Madhu, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Bihar. Okay. So everyone got everything wrong. Arunab did a piece on that, <laughs> except Bupen. <coughs> Why do you think, Arunab? You spoke to a lot of journalists, a lot of people within these channels, who had got the whole thing wrong. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun actually doing this uh, piece because I spoke to a lot of people. I mean, I couldn't quote most of them because they weren't comfortable, you know, being quoted. But they were bitching each other out. But they were bitching they were bitching each other out a lot. Uh, so I think yeah, what went wrong is pretty obvious. I think I think they went by the uh, trend of uh, the first hour, which was essentially postal ballots, and. Uh, Uh, I also happened to um, speak to a uh, speak to a bureaucrat there in Bihar, who said that we made it clear that uh, the first uh, round of counting is essentially just postal ballots, and postal ballots for a long time has been in the favor of the BJP. So to predict a trend on the basis of that is just wrong. But uh, but th- but then people have been doing it off late. That be- that's because. The elections have gone. BJP has been comfortably so in the last year and a half. So people are happy taking. So people are happy taking the risk and calling out in the use in the age of television news, where it's all about calling out first. People are happy to take that chance, and it's been paying off in the last year and a half. But this time it completely backfired. So that's what happened basically. Hmm. And uh, were you surprised with the result? Uh, the margin, perhaps, but uh, not really otherwise. What do you think, Madhu? You know, um, I've been talking to a lot of different journalists from. Uh, all the channels not all but some of the channels and what i got out of it was that each channel was saying but you know that part we got right so they'll take one <laughs> corner of what wherever they got right and they say at this time we were on the we were we were right uh, 20 minutes before they were right and we changed tacks half an hour before they did and so they're noticing things which no one in the world would notice mm. and getting into this petty petty one upmanship and in the larger sense for a viewer nobody is noticing which section at which moment it happened but in a larger sense uh, i think the great expose ndtv did of themselves uh, was excellent 
What was the great expose they did of themselves? How they exposed how wrong they were and yeah. how they could pontificate on wrong facts <laughs> with such with such elan and say that you know Nitesh lost it. He was in drawing rooms, being charmed by NGOs and. Um, Trashing him that N N Nitesh 1 was good, but Nitesh 2 was hopeless because he didn't make the same strides in electricity and roads and this and that and all that going on. It reminded me of, um, bear with me for a second, it reminded me of uh, one time uh, when I was working in a news magazine. Uh, the cover story was written, rewritten, and Arun used to do that when he was actually running the news magazine. It was rewritten 12 times. This was in the days when a fortnightly meant that you were still keeping up with things. Hmm. Okay, so fortnightly is a huge time now. It, for us, it's a lifetime today. But in those days, fortnightly was okay to keep up with stuff. And so you had the time to actually get it right than rather get it first. So to have something rewritten 12 times and the... and Because things kept changing on the ground. They kept changing on the New ground. New things emerged. And, and also the angle... Arun wanted it exactly balanced when the guy obviously had uh, was slipping in things which he which Arun kept changing and so to create that full package took time and the point that I'm making over here is that the journalist didn't object once that I'm not going to rewrite it it's fair. and this guy is actually now a very senior journalist he, at that time he was known as the word machine because you could go to him and say, write on this subject, and I want it to be pro-feminism. And he'll write that. And he'll mm -hmm. write it. Or you'll go, uh, get, tell him, I want you to do a totally macho piece on this, and he'll do it. So he, he is a word machine. He knows how to bang it off. He doesn't care which way you tell him to write so it. Do you think that's possible today with, I mean, daily, this thing to... I mean, the, I mean NDTV, it prides itself on not being, you know, first. They say that we, we're not necessarily the first. We oh, don't want to be the first. But in television, I think it's important to be the first. And I think also for if, if you are uh, on the results day sitting in a TV studio, you probably go prepared anyway. Absolutely, but what about so the credibility? I think they were already prepared and they just went with... But Manisha, yeah, what about their credibility? Does it affect their credibility that you can hold forth for half the day? Uh, it certainly exposes the sham that sometimes opinion writing and opinionating can be in journalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's... I, yeah. th in that sense, I think it was a big expose. Hmm. Anyway, elections in any case, I think you should just go with what the result is. I wonder if they will do any polls. I've never been in favour of Bato and Gyan on election. I think one should wait for the result. That's why whenever anyone asks, there is no scientific way to predict, let's be honest. So let's There's an important distinction here that a lot of people I don't have failed to see. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know. This is not election prediction. What happened to NETV was yeah. election prediction. This was just bad reporting. That's all it was. This had nothing to do with... What was bad reporting? The final, the, the debacle on the last day mm -hmm. was bad reporting. It was nothing to do with prediction because this was essentially getting the numbers from one source and passing it on the other right. person. Good point. So this was not, you know, election prediction as such. Right. This was just reporting. Okay, so uh, that's that. Let's just move on to but this. But on the Bihar elections, there mm. was I was hoping right after uh, uh, Mahagad Bandhan, uh, the, they won, hoping for a great profile or an interview with Prashant Kishore because he's, yeah. he is the guy and he's such an enigmatic character. He never speaks to the media. And this was like, in the, it was projected and it is actually his one big comeback to Amit Shah and BJP because he kind of, uh, he, he was the guy between uh, Gujarat 2012 uh, that made uh, Modi chief minister the third time and then 2014 Lok Sabha. 
and he was completely sidelined after that. And then he went on uh, with Nitish and got this spectacular victory for them. And uh, there's this very nice piece, in fact, by Shankarshan on uh, Prashant Kishore. It's a profile. I don't know if he's met him or not. It seems like he's met him, but he hasn't quoted him at all. Mm -hmm. And you should read this piece. It's called The Backroom Boy Who Changed the Rules. And it's about the strategy, what went behind the selection. They had a lot of door-to-door, -door, right? A lot of door-to-door. -door. They did not rely on print because they knew if you rely on print and TV ads, BJP will destroy us. Yeah. They have far more money than us. So they did door-to-door. -door. Uh, so he, he changed his tactics for this particular election. Yeah. And not just that. He was like this guy who built the development agenda and the development persona of Modi. Like the good governance and, you know, minimum government, maximum whatever, business, blah, blah, blah. And here he was in this sort of socialist kind of a setting, it wasn't really, you know, he was competing against this whole development, uh, you know, persona of Modi. And he was in fact actually told to not wear jeans and t-shirt. So his condition was that you give me a free uh, hand at doing whatever I want to do and you give me complete access to the top brass. I want to be, so he was working from Nitish's house. And Nitish said that you have to stop wearing shirt and jeans. You'll be wearing kurta pajama to, you know. Uh, and did he? Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah. Okay. To Chale. sort of to uh, merge with the socialist whatever. Mamta's taking him on Mamta's next. Yeah, next it's fabulous. Yeah. And but again, so, I mean, sorry to sound like the, you know, guy who was the bubble. I just think nothing succeeds like success. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it is inevitable. There will be that one election where this guy will go horribly wrong. And then it will be saying that how this guy doesn't know his ass from his elbow. So what I'm saying is it's great. We can minimize, uh, we can minimize the risk of loss, but uh, no one not sure no one can eliminate it because it's complex human beings are complex but, it, but, but smart strategy definitely works sure, no, I, think hard work works. Like I think yeah. door to door yeah, campaigning yeah. that's what did it in Delhi for hmm. they had people door to door to door they had everyone that human connect exactly and uh, I think what what Mr. Modi does and what even uh, you know I, I've even seen Mr. Uh, Ramdev perform you know performing to an audience from a stage hmm. takes a special kind of talent which is a talent to entertain so people really say, wow, what a great performance. But to actually have that connect, you door to door is, yeah. And I think India is one of the countries that the groundswell changes all the time. And if you go from your past experience of your last election, although they should have learned from their last hmm. assembly elections, if you just go by that, it's not a good idea. I think, like, I think the advantage of um, this guy was that he forgot what he did. He said, okay, I did that uh, for the BJP in this way. I am, most people will just, I'm going to repeat the same uh, strategy and that will be my success. He forgot what he did and he changed his strategy, particularly for Bihar. And I think that is the strength. And if he's able yeah. to repeat that, uh, sort of looking at every state or whoever hires him in a fresh way, then I would say he will be successful. But if he thinks that he can just keep, which he didn't do this time, so I think he's pro probably... He'll be interesting uh, to see what he does for Mamta. Yeah. Because Nitish people are still sort of happy with him. No, the anger was with Alliance for Nitish. How many days till Mamta gives him a slap, you think? Mamta <laughs> 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 will be easier. Are you kidding? No, no, she's intuit. really mercurial. I was about to say Mamta's into it, Madhu. Madhu, you're into it, Mamta. I couldn't understand what she no, said. I think the people echo are... In the too room. many cross talk, guys, one at a time. The echo in the room... Her, I forget do. that. Could you ever interject with Mamta? Be I didn't honest. want to because I couldn't understand what she was saying. I was happy she anyway, was going I, on and on. I was just too. You got it no, one, no one messes with Mamta. If she was very good to me. But I, I think if he disagrees with her, she'll slap him. But the worst way to judge someone is how they treat you. Is the worst way. Yeah. Best way being yeah, true. See Especially if it's thing? you. Yeah. 
Also, uh, before I move on, I just want to point out the Telegraph front page the day after the election. I don't know if all of you saw it. Uh, this is the front yeah. page. We'd have it on the link. Now, I, I don't know what to make of it because this is so... I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, it's so bugger, look, I'm sorry, I hate this headline. Uh, no, uh, around the world. Uh, but that's not the point. Our, that's not the point I'm making. What I'm saying is that it doesn't... Uh, I mean, newspapers around the world do it to take a position. But to take a position so obviously mm. where the front page is in bold, it says, Kamath the hour, Kamath Bihar. And below that, there's a quote of Edmund Burke. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil oh. is for good men to do nothing. <gasps> now, I mean, dude, I must say, only when you have Mamta's hand over your head <laughs> will anyone have the nuts to do this. Let's be honest. Kitrami freedom of expression chillalo. But uh, that was interesting. Anyone anyone saw anything interesting other than that? What was Express's headline was kind of okay. Bahar, but huh. no right. DNA in. Behind. But I think it was fun for a while now because huh? it was fun watching yeah. with um, Rahul Kanwar jumping up and down outside the BJP office, expecting celebrations. The Pataka guy, Mithai guy, all prepared. And then when it started tension, they all packed their bags and went outside Nitesh's place. Yeah, and also it's fun. I thought it was um, uh, although he got away, uh, all the attention and the criticism has been for NDTV and for them getting it so hopelessly wrong. But I think Arnab has other than. R. Arunab, who mentioned it in his piece, he has slimily got away because he also in the morning was going all rara BJP. And in my view, he's really leaning BJP now. I mean, just the kind of coverage Times now is doing even of Modi's visit right now. It's pretty much become a Modi cheerleading channel. And Arunab is kind of the coy cheerleader in chief there. But even the U-turn he made, but he didn't come out and apologize like Dr. Roy or anything. So what would have happened? As we, I said earlier, what would have happened if NDTV had it was switched? That if he had predicted that the Mahakat Bandhan would be winning and by a landslide, and it actually was a BJ, so he'd be a major prostitute then. Yeah, then he'd prostitute seculars. It would be that, correct. Okay, uh, moving on very quickly. Does anyone have any comment on this arrest of Hassan Sarur? <sighs> well, I mean, it's creepy to watch it. Yeah, I watched it. It's, it's creepy, though. Yeah, creepy. the whole video that they've put up of him being, yeah. I've, I don't know, too early to say what this is all about. But yeah, shocking, mm. for sure. But again, on, it's, I mean, Twitter's hardly the place to look at yeah. intelligent discourse. But again, this has become about, you know, look, Modi hater, liberal, look what he's up to, pedophile. Uh, anyway, I think it's um, really... Uh, Amazing that something like this is happening by a group of concerned citizens. Uh, I think that is remarkable. Mm -hmm. And what I found remarkable in the video is not just that concerned citizens are doing this. After they nab him, they say, you are going to be under arrest. You're going to wait for the police. Do you have any medical condition? He says, I have high blood. Do you need medication for that? We'll inform the police. They are cracking down on these jerks who do shit like this. They wait for the cops to come. And they, here Jang, Sir, Pair, whether he was guilty or not, the thing is the pent-up frustration with life in general in India is so high. I just found that amazing. A, then that he also concerns... asked him about, do you have your cell phone with you? He said, yes. He said, keep it in your pocket. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guy could have just held on to it and said, we'll give it to the police. He said, I'm 
you you stay the capsule calm and you're in deep trouble and what you're doing is horrible i just, I just think that was a phenomenal i, I think, think when you're actually the lesson that i got from this was that when you're part of a vigilante group you do have to have your protocol and procedures yeah, in place absolutely. you can't have a wild bunch of people hmm. um in this uh, late 80s uh there was a group in um, in new york a vigilante group i forget the name with red berries and they used to stalk the uh, subways um preventing muggings but they were physical they used to beat up people who tried ah, to do but then that anything. goes downhill very quickly exactly so it dissipated but um uh, for some people they were heroes because they were doing all this but i think that in this one thing is very important is that you are totally correct in your behavior with the guy I mean they they're pretty tough on him when they were talking to him. Hmm. Oh, absolutely, but it's it's great that they're doing stuff like this. Uh, next um we Punjab is very underreported and now it'll be even more underreported because BJP in UK I mean Mr Modi in UK is all that we'll see on television including I just saw Sunetra on NDTV she's there everyone's there. I mean I don't Actually, know what Actually by the way I heard that the Modi um the press or the media management team is extremely upset with the indian media's lack of coverage of the african summit of the african summit well i thought it got a decent amount of coverage tum log kya kar rahe ho ye intolerance ka kar rahe ho ye uska kar rahe ho uska kar rahe ho dadri kar rahe ho you know jab ye sab ho raha hai and uh, well apparently uh, diwali wasn't celebrated by the sikh community by many in the sikh community in punjab this time uh, because of the desecration of the granth sahib and it was a call given by uh, some of the elders or the holy you know people from from gurdwaras uh, but this did not get any coverage in our mainstream media and unlikely it will from now on i think that's a very odd decision to take because if somebody has damaged your holy books why should you give them the power to destroy your diwali hmm you know all the more reason you celebrate diwali and fix those guys so there's a very interesting uh, story of you know from the uh, sikh well it's history there's a Uh, you know a person called baba dilip singh ji shaheed where a bunch of i don't know if they have the numbers correct exactly about 100000 afghans had taken over the golden temple and he had sworn that i will win the temple back by diwali uh, or die trying and i think he just had a thousand people taking on that one lakh uh, afghans and he actually walked in there and he took it over and in so doing someone knocked his head off and that's the myth and he held his head in place like someone had hacked it off his torso and he won and that's why you see this poster of this man holding his head in his arms mm-hmm. even as he's fighting so and that happened on diwali so it's an impor- important day for the sikh community as well but anyway not much coverage on that um modi in uk lots of coverage on that uh, uh, anything else i have three articles that i want to share which are really interesting any uh, manisha you want to go with what you want to share Yeah uh, there was interesting news coming in from Australia where they've scrapped religious classes from schools and uh, what they're going to do now instead of religious studies well 30 minutes of the time in the school time was given to whatever instructions religious instructions now they're going to have this new relationships education program which will uh, have qualified teachers and they will help children uh, understand global cultures traditions and uh, recognize prevent family violence and appreciate and understand diversity I thought that was quite interesting for uh for the government to decide look we're not going to have we're not going to teach our children religion at school and a lot of schools in India do that and as a kid I used to not like it at all what religion were you taught well you'd have uh, 
So the one school that I went to, it was mostly Hinduism. No, and a little bit of Sikhism, a little bit of uh, from the Granth, uh, Guru Granth Sahib. So I thought, I mean, at that time, of course, it was spectacularly boring and I hated it. The teacher was crap. That but is my now, fear about the but, way it's taught. But I also think now, it's not fair to, usually in these schools, see, if it's a public school, mostly be Hinduism. If it's a, uh, if it's a convent, then of course, it's the Bible and all that. It's, there's never a mix of religions. If it's a madrasa, then? Then it's Islam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then madrasas are... Uh, they are specifically folks. about Islamic teachings. But so convents, yeah. I mean, what a no, convent, no, no, convent, saint this and saint that, no, what else is no, that? No, madrasas could decide to teach other subjects, but the prime reason is religious teaching. So that's not really... Which is the history behind convents as well. I mean, now they may Yeah, but now a convent school will teach you whatever, maths, English, science, and there'll be a half an hour period of moral science lectures, which... See, I went whatever. to a school which was aggressively secular. I mean, madrasas are more religious schools than, say, a sure, convent I or agree, a... Yeah. The school I went to was aggressively secular, where they... At assembly, the principal will read a passage from a different religion uh, every day. Hmm. Um, one of the girls, when they were sitting for senior Cambridge, went to her and said they wanted to take catechism because it was a scoring subject. All you had to do was mug up question, answers, question, answer. And she refused to let them because she said, you're not Christian hmm. and you're not going to do it because of hmm. this, this thing. My fear about religious teaching in schools is because everyone's version of religion, religion is so different mm. that to entrust it to an unknown teacher whose version I may or may not agree with mm. is very dangerous. Exactly. So uh, Hinduism is so plural in its uh, all the Vedas and Upanishads. I don't see how they can narrow it down to one thing. Mm. I think most kids growing up in India, whichever religion, are familiar with the Ramayan story. Or the Mahabharata. And the Mahabharata, this comes it's into their... action-packed. Yeah, but it so just boring. comes into their being one way. I yeah, see my grandchildren, they're all, they all just know and love. It is like Coca-Cola. There's something addictive about it. There's, it's an, nobody's uh, sort of digging it into their head, but they just love the story. Yes, what do you have to share? Any interesting piece that you read this week? Or were you just drunk on Diwali? I wasn't drunk on Diwali at all. Okay. I, mean, uh, uh, I read a few, I mean, since I was not drunk on Diwali and I was home uh, all alone, I did read some good oh, stuff. Oh, guy. None of you So I read this uh, letter that uh, Martin Luther King had written. Uh, I mean, it's, it's here. I'm talking about it now because long form, the website it brings, it keeps bringing out <coughs> certain stuff and all good old stuff. <coughs> so this letter that Martin Luther King wrote from the uh, Birmingham jail in Alabama on the moral responsibility to break unjust laws. I think it's a brilliant read. Mm. <coughs> I suggest, I mean, the link will be below the podcast, so I'd suggest all of you to check it out. It'll take it'll be a 15 minute long read. <coughs> and it's a great piece, a <coughs> great, great letter. Another interesting uh, article that I read was from The New Yorker. It's called, uh, What Are Runners Thinking About When They're Running? Uh, so I think, uh, I mean, the, the what do you think about when you run? I don't know the last time I ran, but uh, I don't know the last time I ran, but uh, no, the article is interesting not only because of that bit, what runners think about uh, what they run, but also because of this, you know, so-called scientific psychological studies, you know. So, uh, so a group of scientists were, as I mean, were commissioned to study this, you know. So what they did was they made uh, runners wear microphones and, you know, to speak out their stream of thought. 
सो दे सेट द ऑब्वियस कि हाउ वी थिंक अबाउट रनिंग फास्ट माई काफ इज हर्टिंग सो द होल पॉइंट ऑफ द साइंटिफिक स्टडीज यू नो प्रूविंग द ऑब्वियस बट ये कम्प्लीटली मिसिंग आउट ऑन द पॉइंट यू नो आई थिंक दैट वॉज अ ग्रेट इंटरेस्टिंग इट्स अमेजिंग इंटरेस्टिंग स्टफ or rather when i used to run i would deliberately make it into a meditation along with the running so you take a mantra and you just keep running or you do kill two birds in one stone you don't think you can run with that is the idea that you stop yourself chanting a mantra in your head yeah chanting your mantra in your head and keep running but why wouldn't you want to think it's like it's a little like great it's a great time your, to think give when you're when you're activating your body and you give your mind a rest there could be no greater tonic am i going to start a cult over here no it's <laughs> a <laughs> interesting cult वॉक you actually focus on the souls and the impact of that focus meditation on your souls shows the rest of the day in many different ways it's quite magical so there's no meditation that doesn't work it always has an effect one of the articles that i enjoyed actually uh, was uh, twinkle khanna's why i'm not a fem- feminist mm. i think she's a brilliant writer uh, she always surprises you okay the title says why i'm not a, i am not a feminist and i would think uh you 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 most people would expect that she's writing about that because i don't like these aggressive violent ah, women who like are, are frothing out i love the headline because that's how the surprise <laughs> comes in it's count yeah that's what headlines are about that you go into it think and so she's attracted both readers the feminists and the non-feminists so the non-feminists are looking for a reinforcement that i'm going to get my reinforcement and they get a surprise and the feminists get a surprise she's really witty she's very fun. clever good, what does the piece say what is she talking about um i would suggest you read it i don't want to be a spoiler but basically what she says is i don't want to be a feminist because in, and she gives uh, uh, arguments and facts medical facts and scientific facts and how on every level women have proven proven to be superior so why would she want to be a feminist and, it, and that in spite of having smaller brains i think it's phenomenal bhai medical fact bata raha hu aaj doctor trehan okay uh, <laughs> wait 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 um then let's take intelligence and all that jazz according to iq expert she writes according to iq expert james flynn women now outscore men on on intelligence tests across europe and the usa a study from the journal bmc psychology found men of all ages young or old were more forgetful than their female counterparts which may be the reason why men often forget about their wives when they see other attractive women and why women remember each girl her husband had glanced at even decades later so it's not to do with iq not jealousy no there are many other things interesting many interesting. other things that she's We brought up that must women really are up. so yeah. smaller brains chodo you better get your everything in order how <laughs> <laughs> oh, have okay. you never read twinkle khanna's book who i haven't read her book which no. one she came out the book recently book, right this is funny twinkle khanna miss funny no that's i haven't read it yet but what's the book called we call it funny bones yeah okay this is one thing i would like everyone's view on um sorry i'll just share quickly a piece that i really liked uh it's from radio lab it's about the sumanesh is a biochemist and she's also also history buff in her spare time a rather strange kind of history buff they dress up as vikings and fight each other and <laughs> it's one of those you know things and she uh, stumbles upon this 
and, and she goes and you know goes into history and she stumbles upon this medicine uh, or this medicinal claims from you know ancient history and she really uh, delves into it and then i just like you to hear this she makes this speech at a uh, the royal academy or the royal society for chemists or something and just hear it then i'll tell you what it's about so uh, without much further ado dr christina lee and uh, dr freya harrison and they're going to talk to us about some ancient biotics for example just a few weeks ago uh, freya and christina got up in front of the royal society of chemists thank you very much and it is an absolute pleasure to be here large hotel conference room 100 or so people uh, freya actually uh, got up on stage dressed as a nun okay so this is one interpretation of what an anglo-saxon scientist may have looked like and they presented the results next ingredient is particularly they did a cooking demo, and then at some point, Christina said something really interesting. She was like, "Okay, sure, we want to write this off because it has demons and dragons and elves in it, but are we sure that we know what they meant by those words? Like, for example, there are remedies which ask you sing for Ave Marias, and we would say, "Oh, that's so superstitious. Okay. This is all in their heads." But there again. We should also remember, this is a period when people do not have watches. You do not have your nurse, you know, so that's got the watch. Everybody knows the Ave Maria. Everybody knows the length of an Ave Maria. So maybe it's maybe it's take this medicine and wait 20 minutes, uh, and I know how to standardize 20 minutes, which is... Three Ave Marias, four Ave Marias may actually uh, so, so it, well, That's fascinating. It may appear one way, and it's it in fact could be a, a totally different way. It suggests that... The, in order to time travel, you have to somehow... God, it's like we don't even have the, the language to be able to understand what they were doing the, there's how a, effective it There's a phrase, the, the past is a foreign country. Likewise. We need to learn the language of the doctors of that time. We need to kind of be a little bit less um, dismissive and learn a little bit more, you know, stuff from them. Okay, now, uh, the point I'm trying to make is this story, it's a really great uh, podcast to listen to. It's about this woman who's a history buff and she stumbles upon this recipe for a medicine for styes. <coughs> and just the context is that when penicillin was discovered by Alexander Fleming, he was on the cover of Time magazine in 1944 and it said, his penicillin will save more lives than the walk and spend. He was the man that the world was looking what at. What a great headline. Yeah. And, but penicillin, quickly, there were many viruses that the drug could fight, the drug could act on. You know, the, the virus mutated and then in 1960, there was methicillin. In 1961, uh, virus was methicillin re resistant. Then there was clindamycin, epimicillin, carbonicillin, hypercillin. And each time, the virus became drug resistant. Because drugs, as you keep making drugs, you know, viruses. So she went into history and said, how did they cure it back then? And she came out with something that could cure a sty. Mm. And it had all these mumbo jumbo and it's, it's very interestingly... Now, it just got me thinking, if someone here, a serious doctor or chemist of repute, were to even suggest in the Royal Scientific Congress or something that this is what Durvacha Rishi said, mm. you think he would be laughed at? I mean, I understand that she has made, I mean, if you hear this, they make the argument very scientifically and then they, they recreate that medicine, why it works. Can I explain something? Why does it work? 
that you listen to the podcast but i was just curious yahan par agar koi kahega i'll explain something is very good subject the actually the pseudo seculars would laugh him out of the no, yeah, is there some value no i tell you this is very important subject um see uh, all unani medicine and ayurveda medicine has been dismissed by allopathic doctors um for all these years if you try to even tell a doctor that this helped me from unani or homeopathy or ayurveda they say no 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 it's all in your head and that kind of thing the problem has been that ayurveda and all these medicines have not been following protocols to um, write papers that modern medicine does to prove that this medicine is effective in this profile of a patient in this condition and has been tested on so many different um, people and therefore we've come to this conclusion and that's why it has given these people of modern medicine the tool to dismiss things which have worked so for centuries so it's argued logically it could so be so now i don't want to make a plug but this is a fact that it, in medanta it, there is a, a full ayurved department where they are now making those protocols which are readable by allopathic doctors and journals disclosure uh, medanta is uh, run and owned by dr naresh trehan who is also related to madhu trehan in capacity of her husband <laughs> so uh. um when and they've discovered for example when the ayurved department was first started all the allopathic doctors roll their eyes and they say yeah yeah play around uh, dr trehan believes in it he believes in the efficacy of these ayurved medicines and and homeopathy and all that because there are some diseases which modern medicine cannot cure such as arthritis skin diseases they just give you cortisone or in this case uh, and this case okay. uh, no in this case it, it was acting on a virus that penicillin was not acting on exactly they, they so and there are some medicines which modern medicine doctors will not accept that they cannot some diseases which they will not as dermatologists will not accept that he cannot cure psoriasis but traditional chinese medicine cures psoriasis the worst kind so so now what is happening the new form because in america they have found that american citizens because of the high cost of medicine and going even visiting a doctor they are leaning more towards alternative medicine and therapies and the biggest business has now become alternative therapies and medicine and ayurveda is making a big like yoga is also raising its head in 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 america in europe they've always been the royal the british royal family has seriously followed homeopathy for centuries homeopathy okay. though is not quite the same i mean i would like to i mean i've read a bit about this ayurvedic still is there's some credibility associated with it but homeopathy has been discredited no majorly. but there are some diseases for which homeopathy see for each disease this is the thing that there has to be what is called a triage that when you go into a hospital and if there's a team of people sitting from each school of medicine or or not medicine even just what you call curing therapies and the modern medicine guy says i cannot cure this and and somebody says we have something for it and but so the three but the fourth one there should be nirupa roy because she says beta jab koi rasta nahi hota to ek hi rasta hota hai tang you haven't seen diwar award then you pray man you don't know the hindi <laughs> but movies. i think i don't remember that supposed to happen in india she'd be laughed at Huh? and that's very tragic that is i mean and we saw that with when uh, the ministry of ayush was promoting mm-hmm. ayurveda and yoga which is essentially great i think it was a great idea what was she meant was this at. woman would be laughed at yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so and that's i don't okay. know that's i think arunav disagrees no i don't disagree but this look this has to be looked at uh, uh, this has to be seen in context when you're talking about uh, 
a certain person you know when when you when you when you're talking about say uh, your household your household help you know suffering from a certain disease right and ayurveda you know people around her suggest ayurveda and i think the problem here is a lot of ayurveda i'm sure ayurveda works to a certain extent but a lot of ayurveda is also just plain crap mm. so i think no that's because of milavat ियलोपैथीफिक रिगर you know so i think in terms of in, when you talking about in context of india when when people are so susceptible to so superstitions and stuff like that i think i think it's it's important to make the distinction i mean to will to laugh at ayurveda is just plain stupid but in terms of mass users in terms of you know in terms of it being the more prevalent form of medicine i think allopathy still works because it has gone through that kind of scientific rigor and it's no, important but you see, there's a difference here that in in ayurveda if the medicines were standardized and went through the process that allopathic medicines do when they could right no it hasn't and the fda's so now your only thing is that you go to the right uh, dawakhana or but it and, can happen and they, it, it this is what the plan is that if you can standardize the the jadi booty standardize that it's pure it is far more cost effective for india specifically and more um, available to people as long as you don't ha- and if you can license ayurved doctors the same way that you license exactly there's modern, no licensing process so if you can so, put yeah. all that rigor in it will work I think it also matters who the poster boy and girls are for Ayurveda and yoga. If you have someone saying we're going to cure homosexuality with Ayurveda, That's it's going to be laughed at and it will be. Yeah. But then you had somebody like Ayengar who went abroad and took yoga to the world in a way which was so spectacular, devoid of any whatever religious angles, and it worked. And people took to it like scientific models. That's a very good point. Even in this, when you But hear Ayurveda this podcast, Ayurveda is practiced abroad actually, far more. Even when you hear this podcast, uh, the point Manisha was making very interesting point uh, and very important that how they actually use this. they prepared this concoction that they got from the ancient you know viking texts <coughs> then they tried it once then they tried it twice they tried it several times they used the same experimental rigor that science requires you to do and then they went and spoke they didn't say ki bhai meri mausi ne bola tha ha you know that's a problem kanjoli ka raita bana lo in germany who has been practicing a surgeon i'm not even just a neuro- neurologist a neurosurgeon has been practicing ayurved on his patients Uh, for the last 15 years or so and he's gotten amazing results on parkinsons alzheimers from ayurveda another piece that i would highly recommend i don't want to discuss it it's on net neutrality it's in the verge it's called t mobile is writing the manual of how to fuck up the internet uh, and since manisha and arunab had a major disagreement on net neutrality internet.org i think both of you should read it so when we have that podcast where we discuss just net neutrality this will be a very interesting one uh, to talk about and one last this piece that i saw doing the rounds on twitter it's from the nation on how a chairman at mckinsey made millions of dollars off his maid it's on anil kumar anil, anil jain uh, huh anil jain anil kumar anil, anil kumar, kumar. Anil kumar. <laughs> and actually what he didn't highlight he the story was i think it's a she she actually. she she she. Uh, uh, she was in college with him or whatever the what she missed writing maybe because it's been written before but to me the biggest worst thing he did was he stayed out of jail and ratted on his two colleagues which is raja ratnam and rajat gupta and he was just if not more guilty 
than them. And he's... That's why he got away on the lighter sentence. I think that was... Not lighter sentence? No sentence. He's sitting in Delhi enjoying himself. Yeah, the, the, the thing is With that... The nation piece you're talking about. Yeah, the nation piece. Yes, the cover story, caravan cover story is also the same. Exactly. And I was just curious, why is I mean, this suddenly become... Yeah. Because I, if you've read the book, which I have, uh, you know... She didn't apprentice. cover the maid. No, the maid angle is there in, in the, the book. book. Yes. Only, only, no. She hasn't gone and met the maid. Yeah, you see, but the what fact he, that he was routing did, money through the no, maid. that was there in the book. But she, this one is followed up. Yeah, and she's and gone and met the, the maid. The woman was owed money. She's penniless. Hmm. She's penniless and she's working in the dhaba now. Hmm. And that is the story in this. Yeah, I mean, but, but you know, the whole thing of people are surprised. I just thought this whole uh, Rajat Gupta trial in Indian media back then was so Gupta friendly. And that was a classic case of people like us coverage. Not, you know, whether it is this Tarun Tejpal or this or that, people keep saying. There, there were enough people trashing. Of course, if you hate someone viscerally, no amount of trashing is good enough. People who really hate Modi still see the media and say Modi gets too much good coverage. People who love him see the media and say... And he, I think, gets enough from both sides, so it's fair. But what you love or hate, you feel is not getting enough attention. No, but Rajat also got his drubbing. In, in Indian, Indian media? media? Yeah. Not at he all. Did I like, didn't see any It details. was like a major um, a letdown that now... Indians no, but are... people were still writing PMs of what an amazing guy and what all he did. No one went into the details of the shit he'd done. No one went into the details of the case. It was that just... was all on the... I, I, I read all the details of the case. In the book? No, also on the net and also listened to the tapes. Yeah, the, but the t who put out the tapes? The tapes came much later, Madhu. While the After case was the going on. Hmm. The, the, the Indian media put out the tapes? I don't remember which one. It was. Hmm, so, uh, yeah, those are the pieces I want to share. Anyone has any other piece they want to share? I think I think the initiative that this reporter or uh, his ex-friend took was actually going to Bengal, finding this woman with one name and no other. This thing, just knowing somewhere, f the follow-through, the way yeah. she did it was what very interesting dance. for journalists. How she located this woman, because her passport and everything was taken away from her, no identification uh, otherwise, and she just found her. And I think that story just shows what it's about, you know, I mean, it is heartbreaking. But it would be the, another great follow-up story was to see where Anil Kumar is, that how quickly he has recovered. That is a very easy story to do. Yes, because he's in Delhi and he's happily employed. I don't know if he's still employed. I don't want to make that claim on By air. your friend. Not by my friend, Madhu, sorry. <laughs> but but uh, I just, you know, you do that kind of shit and you come back, society accepts you, the, your professional life accepts you, and how quickly you recover. And that, it would be, in fact, uh, Aruna, why don't you do a story? And it's a moral huh? question. Good. Okay, next do, week you do a story. There's a moral ka question. Ye hua na, anil ka kya hua? There's a moral question I'd like to raise that as journalists and as people who everyone has friends, what do you do when a friend does something which is absolutely unacceptable, illegal, immoral? As a journalist? As a friend and as a journalist, both positions. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> mm. depends. Okay, Same Madhu, you other. wanted to discuss. No answers. The... Well, I think as a journalist, I would refrain from reporting on it. But I'd still help a colleague do it. But I'd not do it. Because yeah. I wouldn't do it, but I'd get someone else to do too, it. Yeah. I, would, I, I would say it definitely has to be done. Yeah. You know, no matter who, you do it. I will not do it. But you do it. And don't ask me. I mean, someone else should be the filter for that. That's what I would do. I but if it's on your website, it's still your responsibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah it depends on if this is, it is this bad, then surely. So, but then... How much is that allowed? I mean, how do you put <laughs> the picture ah, yeah, the temperature? Yeah. <laughs> yes, this bad is... How much is okay? What is the temperature on it? 
How do you check it? It depends, no? What's happening? I mean, I, I wouldn't money? want to say this on air, actually. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you want us to cut this out? You don't want to say this on air? I thought you were for transparency. <laughs> I am, but yeah, I mean, I think it strongly depends for me. It depends. Everybody's you know? for everything until it comes home. No, no. For me, it's yeah, you're a problem. Uncompromised. You are a problem. Huh. <laughs> everything. Okay. Uh, Somebody Madhu, wrote crap about you. You'd publish it, even if it's untrue. Of course. Bollo, yar, mera kya zat hai? No. Mari the zat nahi hai. That's unacceptable. Madhu, you you mentioned a piece you wanted to discuss. Pankaj Mishra's. Sorry, which one is this? The Bloomberg piece. Kartik had sent us. Oh, the 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 Modi piece. Okay, so then let's just discuss two things together because they are both clubbed together. Madhu, you go first. Which one? One is that projecting that this thing onto the British Parliament that Swastika as Om, the anti-Modi campaign in the UK. And this very anti-Modi piece. Your views on both, Madhu. See, Pankaj is, is hard to... I, w I would actually like him sitting here. Hmm. So we could discuss it. We'll try so to get him on the phone next time. So to critique a person, you know, it's almost like behind <laughs> his back. <laughs> so it doesn't really work for me. I'd rather actually discuss it with him. But I had problems with this piece. Hmm. Like? Because I felt that it was literally selective facts arranged in a particular way. It wasn't a what I would call a balanced piece. And maybe he doesn't want to be balanced, which is fine. He he's like Swapandas Gupta takes a position. So he's taken a position, fine. But the fact is that it's so cleverly, journalistically uh, concocted that it's too much of a concoction for my taste in terms of journalism. I would like somebody who is able to explore deeper and take us further. Like, it's a bit like, Arundhati's statement that exactly. has been doing the... Very Arundhati Royce, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a, like Arundhati's statement uh, where she was giving a speech and has been on Twitter constantly where she says, and these um, uh, Hindu bhakts, pilgrims, were coming back from the destruction of... In, this, uh, in the train, they were coming back from the destruction of the Babri Masjid. The Godhra incident. Yeah, but they were not coming back. Ten from years the, late. They were not <laughs> coming. Yeah. I know that Indian Railways is known for trains being late. Did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> you just killed my joke. Okay, you guys are over talking all the time. Aza, sorry, repeat it again. <laughs> and we will laugh. Indian trains are known to be late, but ten years late. Arundhati Fine, yeah. I'll give joke. So, I, this is the problem that I have with this piece. It's like what Arundhati did with, the, with this, you know, connecting things which were ten years apart. And he's done this throughout the article. Arunab, on both. <coughs> on both? The protest and this piece. I think the piece, I mean, I think uh, Pankaj Mishra, uh, uh, I mean, I've, Pankaj Mishra's prose, I suppose, the best. I mean, in terms of Indian writer, I don't think any Indian writes better than Pankaj Mishra at the moment. Mm. <coughs> but uh, he's always been super condescending. Um, this is his first book of his, uh, Butter Chicken, Lodhiana. Excellent 24 character writing. But <coughs> he doesn't seem to like anyone in the world. <coughs> he doesn't? He doesn't seem to like anyone in the world. I mean, he... Uh, he doesn't seem? He doesn't seem to like anyone to in like, the world, okay. yeah. And uh, yeah, I think as Madhu said, it was very cleverly put. He's tired of it, you know, uh, Modi uh, saying ki kya karna chahiye and then, you know, juxtaposing it with the whole Dadri incident. But I think, uh, I don't think he sees himself as a journalist, as a neutral journalist. I think his position is very clear. He hates Modi and I'm going to go all the places. No, no I'm not opinion. saying journalistically, even as a writer, like if I'm reading Zadie Smith, all right, and if she's writing a political essay, there's a certain standard I get from her. You know, she might, I might not agree with her, but there's a craft in her writing. It is cleverly written, but it is, this is almost like a, like a subterfuge bomb. Manisha? 
I thought the piece was okay. I thought it was a bit boring and more of the same. <laughs> I mean, expected of Pankaj Mishra. I agree with her. Really? You know why? I, I think it's it for a Firang audience because you know for those of us who are in that India. That is a problem. <laughs> writing for a Firang yeah, audience exactly, which changes is why, your writing. Which is why I thought I don't know why you know Indians would react one way or the other because it was this. Like a bluffer's guide too, bhai. Yeah. You want to know about yeah. democracy? Kya hoti? Ham chalo, ham that's what it irritated me. And that's there. also probably <laughs> and time before Modi was so, supposed to yeah, come to I was, I read it and if you've lived in India, there's nothing in that which is so anyways. I think but one great piece on, great piece of criticism of, of the government post Dadri and post everything that's happened was by Mukul Keswan, Head Up and Howling. Oh, excellent. It was yeah. fabulously He's, He's a great writer, huh? And uh, you can see the difference because he's been a journalist, he's been on ground, he's still in touch with what's happening on ground. It's not just opinionating and about great values, blah, blah, blah. But he really points at key <laughs> issues Pankaj with Mishra the problem. Pankaj also been on ground, by the way, a lot. His travel... Sorry. Sorry? Take that back. <laughs> who? No, Pankaj but Mukul also is this length and breadth of the country. editor in the newsroom, who knows, who's... I mean, I get that feel from... There's very different styles. I mean, I don't have... I don't know, yeah. I mean, I like Pankaj Mishra, so... Right. Also, um, there's this protest of them, you know, projecting that into the parliament. You know, many people were of the view that uh, this could not have happened without permission from <coughs> the British, you know, authorities. That they would have known about it, <coughs> and it was in very poor taste. Um, Madhu, what do you think of that protest? You that know, I feel all protests are okay. Hmm. I don't know. Um, were you offended as a Hindu to see the swastik? The Nazi swastika as an norm. See, the swastika to me means something different as a Hindu. Hmm. So it doesn't so matter. So if some <coughs> asshole in Germany uses our swastika and misuses it, that's his problem. And if the Brits want to project their meaning on it, that's their problem. I really don't care. My swastika is my Hindu swastika. But no matter what you think of the Prime Minister, I think um, doing this in a foreign country is in very poor but taste. But who did it? Is it exactly... I don't know what Awaz is. I, they have like 500 followers on point. Twitter. So Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it seems to me uh, there's a lot of orchestration in this. There's money in it. You can't do that cheaply. Patani, I think this is technology you never <coughs> What's know. What's in poor taste? I mean, Bush got the same. Um, Which worse. I no. So the thing is, I'll tell you why it's in poor taste. It is in poor taste because when you're as an Indian, I'm saying it's fine for someone else. I okay, I'll I'll correct myself. It's not in poor taste because then I'm putting it on them that they their taste is bad. I found it distasteful as an Indian. I can understand. No, and someone to take else a symbol wouldn't. like Om. No, no, which is like that to is me. Not even, I'm, huh, no, huh. I'm just saying to me a symbol like Om, which is kind of a universal symbol. It because is, everyone's a Hindu. Yeah, and you're a Sanghi. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the thing. It's a universal symbol, which is which cuts across. Yeah, no, because it's not one particular uh, Ganesh or Lakshmi or anything. It's it's just Om, which to me is like a universal symbol. It it's put everywhere. No, I, I'm and to saying, fiddle with that and make it into a Nazi thing is really crappy. Especially if this group Gee. is Indian, right? They have. I don't know. I mean, you they, know, they have they are Indian origin uh, members, yeah. or South Asian members. South Asian who would members. know what the symbol is for South Asia? So I think there will be, be Indians, there will be Pakistanis, Sri Lanka. There will be all sorts. Of, my thing is that you said about Bush. Fair enough. Even Bush was trashed when he went overseas. But as a group of Americans, I think you got to take on your guy at your home turf when he's going out, like. I had nothing but disdain for Manmohan Singh. Uh, but even then, when he went abroad and he was behaving like such a chaprasi to Bush, I remember, you know, oh. people are Don't saying... Don't say that. Uh, he, he Chaprasis are nice. Okay, wow. yeah, sure, Chaprasis are nice, but there is a certain uh, chaprasi reports to someone unquestioningly. 
the way Bush was, people were saying how this one held Mark Zuckerberg, Modi held Mark Zuckerberg and moved him out. I remember that video of when they're standing at a press conference, Bush was pretty much pushing him around, Ab tu khada ho, tu khada ho. but if a group of Indians abroad would have said, you know, what a sellout, I would have said, dude, ghar aake karo jo karna hai. No, that I'm I fine do have with. A problem I think it's with okay that. protesting, but yeah, I have a problem. I have with, a problem with uh, Indians who live there who have nothing left, nothing to lose by creating hangama and just tamasha and everything, and and their motives are questionable. So I think if it's definitely it's, but I must say that when uh, there were protests against America during the Vietnam War, it was all over the world. Yeah. But everyone is doing it, not just Americans. If it's UK-based, what do they do? They'll obviously protest there, no? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly, they will. But uh, I just want and to... And also for all the support that he's got abroad, I think this is totally all right. <laughs> <laughs> all the cheerleading that he's been, you know, No, but this uh, was in bad. This was cheap. It was cheap. I don't think, I mean, it's totally okay. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a form of protest and the legitimate form of protest. They weren't being violent or hurting anyone. I don't think there's anything wrong in it. <coughs> and I, I don't even know. No, but we can pass comment on our opinion. Like, you know, it's our opinion, my opinion. But he thinks cheap. it's okay. Yeah. But I think one important distinction I just want to make with the two of you said, uh, Modi is being hauled over coals for something he did or didn't do in his own country. Bush and the Vietnam War, they were breaching UN charter of, you know, I don't know whether uh, the uh, Vietnam War had complete UN backing, but uh, the Gulf definitely didn't. And so they were going overseas and bombing other countries. So then there are different rules. But in, uh, we can be, uh, America can be protested against since 1946 for oh, doing this up till exactly. now. They're exactly. doing it somewhere. In my very leftist view, that to keep their arms business rolling all the okay, time. Okay, now quickly before we wind up, uh, what about the four old men who said, yo Modi, it's payback time, yo bro. <laughs> what you doing this evening? I don't think uh, they're doing the much. The famous letter. Huh? I don't think what will happen? I want to know. Nothing. Okay, views? It's an act of frustration. It's a farce for Advani to be talking about all this. Okay, Arunab, you go first. What do you think? What will come of it? And how thrilled are you being a pseudo-secularist? No, no, I'm definitely not thrilled to be, you know, in the same uh, club as uh, Mr. L.K. Advani. Uh, yeah, considering uh, his uh, charge yeah. speeches during the 90s. Considering it was him who started everything off in this country. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I, I think I think also the fact is that Murli Manu was Oshi too. I mean, he, everyone be friends who reported from his constituency then said that he couldn't, he wouldn't have won his seat without Mr. Modi. Mm. So I think this is just bitter old men, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, and yeah, what he to me talks about reassessing the situation and you know Advani presided over two elections 2004 2009 uh, 2009 which is a lot were humbled so to so say that they didn't, didn't learn lessons from Delhi I mean you didn't learn lessons from 2004 anyway when you lost <laughs> 2009 so I mean I think but I would like to remind everyone in 2004 uh, Pramod Mahajan took full responsibility for the debacle yeah I don't see Amit Shah doing that yeah, that's, I think... And actually, their response the point. is very Congress-like. When the Congress lost the general elections, they said, we take collective responsibility in the same way. They don't bl didn't blame Sonia or Rahul. They all protected him. And it's the same over here. But the fact is that, as a person of that particular age, old age, I would say everybody of my age should, at some point, Retire. which year, which month, know, that now the yeah, exactly. And I hope I will know when it happens. <laughs> and I think every person after they are 60 or 65 should be aware. Okay, if you're a doctor and your hand is trembling, 
please don't operate. If you're a lawyer and you're rambling and you don't know, you know, you're being shunted from one place and you don't, you're senile, stop. So, and journalists too, there comes a point where ghanti bajati. Manisha, what is your view? It's a joke, the letter. It's a big joke. I mean, him talking about his masculated. BJP has been emasculated since when, bhai? During your time also, you were notoing to RSS and its top functionaries. So, I don't know what you're talking about. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a bitter old man now. Kuch to bolna hai. Seniority dikhao thoda apna, basically. But I think what Madhu said is, is very relevant. The BJP has never looked more like the Congress than now. Whatever said and done, I'm not a fan of Advani. Uh, but BJP, relatively speaking, was more democratic than other parties. Right now, if yeah. what you hear is to be believed, two men can take any call in the party and no one can challenge them. I don't think it was that centralized. I mean, ever since I've been an adult. So, the BJP is the new Congress. Just like, I'll kill you is the new shut up. Uh, but how many of us think, although the BJP hasn't taken any action but, against uh, them? 2002, when uh, Atal Bihari wanted uh, Modi out, it was Advani who said nay. And yes. there were a lot of people who wanted, and but his kind of uh, whatever word rule. Correct. So it's pretty much the same to what, what's happening now. I mean, there's always this one guy who kind of looks at the party agenda and the votes. No, but uh, and, Manisha, and there was, even though there were one or two guys at the top, there still was, there was a certain level of openness to consensus. That is not existing now. Hmm. No, also let's keep in mind, let's not make Advani into some giant also in front of Atal. If Atal wanted to dig his heels onto something, Advani would have to back off. Govinda Chare was dropped like a hot potato after the Makhota mark. Okay? So if Atal wanted, he, his stature and Advani's is not even comparable. The fact is that Atal said, okay, that's what I'll go around, I'll back off. That Modi is not that person. Amit Shah is not that person. That's the point. Yeah, Modi is definitely. So, uh, how many uh, think that they'll come around? And how many think that they will just... BG ne peechhe peechhe baiht ke kodkod kar dena ne deke, aaj janani hai na, wo NG kar dena. Come around to who? As in, will the youngers be able to manao? I don't think they need to. They don't need to. They won't respond. They don't care. These people are just an exercise in futility. But it'll be very interesting to see UP. If they were able to have, if they, if there was any hint of them having any effect on anything, which affected affected this present BJP control, controlled whatever, they would react. They don't need to. Okay. So I have a song dedicated to the. Mark Darshak Mandal from uh, Mr. Narendra Modi and Amit Shah. Uh, ordinarily, I know how they deal with any opposition. Uh, this uh, song has been picturized on Nagma and Sanjay Dath. And I'd like to dedicate this uh, to the Mark Darshak Mandal on behalf of, of Mr. Modi and Amit Shah. <laughs> तो कोई बात ही क्या थी तुम होते जो दुश्मन तो कोई बात ही क्या थी अपनों को अपनों को मनाना है जरा देर लगेगी अपनों को मनाना that's all we have for you in the Hafta. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, check out our YouTube channel and support independent media. Click on iPay to keep news free and please support 
independent media. Uh, and I'll also plug uh, Global Summits, Where Are We Going with Virat Swain, our fortnightly podcast. Please check it out. This time it's about the climate summit in Paris. It's a very important issue. You must know more about it. Thank you all. Guys, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Catch all new episodes of NL Hafta on newslaundry.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook.